1: Hello, darlings all, and welcome to this Monkey Kingdom, an A-Cast production of Tom Reed Wilson Has Words With. My guest today is a star whom I predict to have a meteoric rise. In fact, it wasn't my prediction first. My best friend James predicted he'd be stellified on seeing an early gig in a pub in Wilmslow. Curiously, a few weeks later, Josh Jones made his teddy debut with me on 8 Out of 10 Cats. I said Stellified, incidentally, as a nod to our former guest, Greg Jenner. This word, etymologically speaking, literally means to be made a star. Isn't it delicious? Anyhow, the soon-to-be Stellified is almost with us, but for a handful of bespoke rhyming couplets. on panels opposed on eight out of ten cats filmed just before old corona i find i recall one thing principally that's that he gave me a comedy boner no wonder that after his telly debut he was a tick-tock sensation he bewitched me and next will be you and soon i predict the whole nation on top of the anecdotes woven with wit he's also an absolute darling the kind with whom in this weather you'd sit just laughing and nursing a carning. So let's close our eyes and imagine just that, as I fuse our virtual zones, and welcome my erstwhile opposite cat, the darling effulgent Josh Jones. That was so good.
2: That was oh. amazing.
1: Darling, it's so lovely to
2: see you all so it virtually. Yeah, same. It's so lovely to see you. I, I honestly, like, will always have a little piece of you in my heart because you was on my first telly thing. And oh, you were I so know. nice because I was absolutely pooing me pants. <laughs> and you were, like, so... You were so calm and collected. Everyone there was calm and collected. And I was like, oh. But um, you were when so I lovely. I
1: think that you are the... Um, The famous duck or the famous swan with legs going 19 to the dozen underneath the panel desk and serene above it because I never, ever, ever
2: would have known. Oh God, yeah, I was so nervous. Well, it was my first telly thing and it's so different (laughs) from a comedy club in the north of England, do you know what I mean? Yes, but you had that
1: audience in the palm of your hand just giving them several gentle squeezes. They loved
2: it. Oh, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> it was great. It was such a good day. I loved it. And it was so lovely meeting you. It was so nice, just the whole day. And then like the month later, it was Corona. Oh, I know.
1: I know. And that particular show stayed in the oven for about a year and a half, Yes. Last, so you had to wait with bated breath for your teddy debut, knowing it was in the cab. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I did something else after In Corona that came out in between. But that was my first actual Ricard, do you know what I mean? Goodness me.
1: Well, I know you have heard an episode of this podcast. And I know you know it's quite (laughs) word-centric. And we often start (laughs) with the word that's closest to home, the name. And you're joining a rather esteemed club, (laughs) of which I'm a member. I call it the Patronym Club, which is when... The word or the name comes from the father. So um, Wilson, son of William. Yeah. We had Jennifer Saunders, son of Zander. Oh. We had Sean Gibson, son of Gilbert, and Jones, son of John.
2: That my dad is called John.
1: Really. My dad
2: is called John Jones.
1: So he's actually John, son of John.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's
1: a perfect palindrome. And actually, what I love most about Jones is that, actually, technically speaking, it's a synonym for Jackson, oh. because Jack is a domesticity of John, and so Jackson is son of Jack. So, you and Janet.
2: say you, right you've taught me so much already about my own name. All I knew was that it's Welsh, I think. That's about <laughs> it. That is literally my knowledge of the name. <laughs> Done.
1: And, of course, Josh Jones is also Josh the Jawbreaker Jones because you are number 13 on the Huddersfield rugby
2: squad. (laughs) Yes, yes. Did you see that? Oh, that was so funny. I got so many tweets like, do you play rugby? And I was like, of course I do. I obviously never have. (laughs) But you are. You're
1: actually one word that you perpetually orbit is hard yeah and and not as you and I might
2: immediately think no not the filthy way the smutty way not the smutty (laughs) way more the the rough and ready ready to fight but I haven't had an actual fight in years so I'll probably get battered
1: (laughs) tell me about your actual hardness though
2: so you are you are quite hard aren't you well I was a bit tougher when I was younger like it's so funny because I've said this so much like because I've talked about doing boxing and I've spoken about that on stage for ages. And then like I'm never gonna speak about it on stage anymore because people laugh at the fact of me doing boxing more than the actual jokes. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is so annoying. But um but yeah, when I was younger I I would I had a few a few fights and I won a few of them as well. <laughs> I think the older I get, the more, like, oh softer I I don't think I'm strong. I can look after myself if I've had to. Do you know what I mean? I'm glad that you're an erstwhile
1: hard nut and that now you've moved into the world of pacifism with me. Yes.
2: <laughs> Have you ever had a fight? No. I did, actually.
1: <gasps> I, I had um an awful period where... I was a little bit of a rogue at the end of primary school. yeah. And there was a girl that I didn't much care for called Esther Leighton and she was sitting quite benignly on a bench. Um, there was a lovely little silver birch that was framed by benches and there were kind of wood chippings around it. And I, for no reason at all, pushed her off the bench into the wood chippings and I was summoned to the headmaster's office and I went and um, he said to me, Tom, you've had a really awful couple of months. You've got two black dots. Who would you consider to be an extremely naughty boy? And I said, oh, without doubt, Ian Spickett. He's the naughtiest boy I know. And he said, well, you're one black dot shy Uh of Ian Spickett. And it changed my whole life. Oh,
2: really? I
1: thought, oh my goodness, that is naughtiness personified.
2: I like got suspended and stuff like that. Josh, I know. I got what for?
1: What did you do? Um,
2: many things. One of the times was um, so, the school, like when I got to year ten and eleven, they built this new school, and you had to like. It was all gated so if you was late you could only go through one door and you got a half an hour detention on the spot so and i kept getting detentions because i would sell cigarettes in school 50p each or three for a pound and i would so i'd be like oh my god what a markup i know know, but you wouldn't make money like that now but at the time (laughs) it was like two pound fifty for a pack of ten so you could do quite well actually (laughs) Um, but I would always wait 15 minutes outside of school, like 15 minutes after school had started, you know, just to get any strayaways. Because I was there <laughs> to make business. So I used to get half an hour basically every night. Um, and then one day, me and my friend, um, we saw an open window. So we, like, climbed through the window but the new, it was a new school, so it was kitted out with CCTV. And um, yeah, so oh, it's got Christmas. Co- so that was one thing. Another one was just like, I used to, I was just naughty. I like wagged school. You, well, I don't know if you know what wagging it means. Like,
1: is that playing truant?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I wagged. I wonder it. if
1: that's because, like the dog, you know, once it happens, you're you're wagging your tail with glee from escaping. I was up. Maybe
2: maybe but we was wagging school and uh it's not there anymore because it was my old school but there was a street um called partington street and it had shops and stuff and you could walk round the shops round the back of it and it was like a bunch of flats and we climbed on top of the roof of the building and the teacher <laughs> caught us um so just stuff like that but i was really quite <laughs> naughty
1: um, well, I want to get to know this little scam <laughs> no, I'm no <laughs> a little snout. better as, as we wind back the clock and get regional with Josh Jones. Oh. So which pocket of Manchester was this, Josh?
2: Okay, so I don't know if this is too boring or too long a story. So my parents split up before I were born um yes so i were between my mum and my dad's house so i spent like equal time in two do you know what i mean yes um, yes so um my mum's was a place called failsworth which is in between um manchester city center and oldham town center I was, oh i know yeah i was closer to um i was closer to manchester i lived in failsworth but near a place called newton eve and the, the people who lived on the other side of Failsworth, they were closer to Oldham. So they sound a bit more Oldham than me, even though it's like the same oh. sort of place. Can you do a quintessentially Oldham? It's like going uptown, going up, talk like that, you're okay. Do you know what I mean? A bit more, I don't know, everything just sounds a bit more rounder. That sounds very lyrical to me. Because Manchester's interesting because you've got Manchester City, which, you know, is not that big, and then Greater yes. Manchester as a whole. You've got all the towns, a load of old ex-mill towns like Bolton, Bury, whatever, Oldham, um, do you know what I mean? Yes, so, yes, So Manchester is built up with all those towns and then like you sound more mank the closer you get in. But the towns yes. all sound a bit more different. So my dad lived in Dralston, which is in between like Manchester and Ashton. Yeah. And yeah, Denton and Dralston are really close to each yeah, other. Yeah, they're
1: sort of flanking each other. Yeah. Aren't so they? it's so
2: funny because like me and Stephen are like uh, two gay comedians from basically the same place. <laughs>
1: <laughs> huh. Well, he's divine. He he's, he's guested on here, and he was really just... brilliant. He told me about his chippy tits. Oh,
2: is he got chippy tits? Is
1: there's a... well? He he said he has to be abstemious for fear of gaining
2: chippy, chippy tits. tits.
1: Yeah, but a... you talk a lot about chippy teas,
2: don't you? Oh, I love a chippy tea. I've, <laughs> so I've um, so I've moved to London like two two and a bit weeks ago.
0: Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
2: Oh and, bliss. And um I'm like got a little mission to find uh, like a proper chippy tea, do you know what I mean? And um, because yes. the the London chippies, I'm sorry, but the garbage, rubbish. <laughs> I've never ah. seen like I've never been so offended. The rubbish. You don't really do gravy in chippies, and then my friend showed me one that does graver, and it was rubbish. But my first my first job was in a in a chipper when I was fourteen. Oh, I see. So that was uh, like my first after school job. Well, I was already making money from selling the cakes, but this was my first <laughs> legit <laughs> job. Ah. Do you know what I mean? We do, um, it's called a steak and kidney pudding, but I call it a chippy pudding. So it's <laughs> like um, steak and kidney, but it's like steamed because it's suet. And um, oh, so it's so like you cut into it and the pastry just unfolds. Oh, <gasps> it's so good. Do you know,
1: you've just drawn a memory out of the darkest caverns of my mind because I had the best New Year's Eve I've ever had on Chippy Lane in Cardiff. Oh. And I I remember at the shank of the evening, it was almost like ice skating on potato all the way down the street. There was like a, a thin patina of potato from the chip shops and somebody said to me, you've got to have this. It's the ultimate sort of hangover prevention. And we went into a chippy and there was a mound of chips and then they took a a steak and kidney pie and they plonked it upside down on the chips and it started hemorrhaging gravy over the chip mountain. And it was delicious.
2: That sounds great. Honestly, in Manchester, I had never really got fish at a fish and chip shop. I got steak and kidney pudding, chips, mushy peas and gravy. Do they plonk it upside down so that it will leave? Yeah, it's upside down. So oh, when I you see. cut it, it like unfolds. And it's dead wobbly. <laughs> it's quite fun. It's like a jelly pie. <laughs> sort of. I like it separate. Wrap, wrap separate so I can have it at home rather than in a tray but if you have it in a tray it's all right.
1: Oh that's blissful. Well actually just staying in the culinary realm briefly you know that I'm completely potty about your Instagram ever since we shot really? eight out of ten cats. I follow you with avidity and one of the things you say is that if you were prime minister your first act would be to make a universal word for bread because it drives you around the bend.
2: Yes, I hate that word. So right, so people call it different words, and now I've done that video. Everyone's like really intrigued to see what I call it. So I've not said it on anything just because I like to keep people guessing. But I'll <laughs> tell you,
1: you'll give me an exclusive. Yeah, an Joshi.
2: exclusive. So, Ooh. so like people call it a bam, and I I can call it a bam, like a sausage bam. Or, yes, and then I get a lot of people disagree with this, but I call it a muffin, so a sausage muffin or an egg muffin. Ah, but I don't know if that's more like an older me, that sort of Manchester. I was just going to say I think that's Oldham.
1: But there's one that you abhor and refuse to use, isn't there? Batch.
2: Yeah, that's ridiculous. I find it so funny because, like, um, do you know when I went uni? Like one of the big first debates everyone was having was, what do we call this type of bread? And I was like, who cares? Let's just (laughs) call it. And then people get really angry, like you're calling it wrong. Well, I've just got that about batch, but batch is ridiculous. Um, Because batch (laughs) means a batch of stuff, like multiple things. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, you can call it a batch if there's six of them, but if not, you're wrong.
1: No, I think it's quite, quite mal I have to say, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. I do have a batch, the proper usage of that word. I do have a batch of words, which I think you do rather
2: like. So, okay.
1: can we engage in a little quick-fire translation, Joshua? Yes.
2: I hope I get <laughs> them right. Ginnel. Okay, so ginnel is an alleyway. I thought everybody called it "gino," and I was telling a story on stage about um, you know having an 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 interaction in an alleyway, (laughs) and I thought, oh god, no one finds this story funny. And then someone was like, "No one knows what you're going on about," because I kept saying "gino," which is also,
1: I think, in certainly in in Didsbury from viewing all kinds of um, houses with my sister when she moved up there. um, It's also a Snicket, isn't it? Which I, I know is an official term because lots of the locals would say, when they were directing us, yeah, just take that Snicket and then it's left at the end of that Snicket and then you're back on the high street and stuff like that. And I was yeah. like,
2: oh, Snicket. Well, your sister lives in like quite a nice part of Greater Manchester. Yeah,
1: Didsbury is a bit like another Wilmsley, mm. isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's, it's kind of like near Cheshire sort of vibe. I used to see a guy and he spoke very posh. Yeah. Do you like a plum, Joshie? Yeah. I did. But do you know what? I was like, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to move to London and I'm going to get all the posh but <laughs> then, But Why? then I've gone on a couple of dates. It's well too early for me to speak about him because it like well too early but i've gone a couple of dates with this guy who's like from east london and sounds like proper cockney and i'm like oh my god i don't know he oh, does know. something to me
1: oh it quite unhinges me too it makes my knees positively
2: buckle yeah but i thought i was gonna come down here uh, in there a watch made in chelsea <gasps> and i was like oh my god i love all these posh dickheads i it i find them <laughs> so entertaining and i was like <laughs> I'm going to, so in a couple of days, me and my friend are going to um, put suits on and go for drinks in Chelsea. And I'm so excited.
1: <gasps> um. Okay, next up, and this is very apropos for you, because it's also in the appellation of your podcast, Dead.
2: Dead, yeah. So dead, to me, means like, obviously, it means people have died, but... <laughs> the we also use it for like oh that's dead good it just means very so oh that's dead nice and intensify
1: yeah and you know what i love about it is that very and really and truly are all about it being Utterly, utterly real Yeah The Lee is a contraction of like So it's really is real like And truly is true like And very is veritable I love that you've gone for something So much more extreme
2: Yeah, I just thought I didn't know that Like not everybody says it Do you know what I mean? Like, but at all, like, yeah, I just feel like growing up, everyone was like, oh, that's dead good, that. Even the teachers were like, oh, that's dead good, well done, do you know what
1: I mean? I like that. I think it elevates these things to a new echelon.
2: Yeah. Okay, next up, hanging. Right, so hanging, a lot of people just use it for when you are hungover. over, so like, oh, I'm hanging, do you know what I mean? Yes, yes. <laughs> like, I use it for everything, so I'm like, oh. If someone like farts in front of me, I'm like, oh, you're hanging, you get away. Do you know what I mean? Like, if someone just does something that displeases me, I'm like, you're hanging. Because I suppose
1: when you're hanging, everything is a little bit more revolting. Yeah. Yeah.
2: What's like your favourite accent to listen to in in England? Like, favourite British accent. The
1: one that makes me completely gooey. I mean, most regional accents do, actually, but the one that makes me totally gooey is the Geordie
2: accent. Oh, God, yeah, it's so good, at it? Oh, it's so sexy. Yeah, it is very sexy. Ta very much. Thank you very much. Well, I say ta all the time. Ta, ta. I got the bus in London and, you know, you get off in the middle, where in Manchester, yes. you get off at the driver's side. So you, I've never got off the bus and not said tie very much to a driver do you know what I mean
1: I know I'm with you I find that Garcia. I have to holler it down yeah
2: so I was like got when I first got off my bus in London for the first time I was getting off at the middle and I had to like shout tie very much (laughs) um chicken okay I well I don't know if that's a Manchester thing that's just something that I um always have called people. I don't really do it as much anymore because I started to get annoyed with all my mates impersonating me. um, (laughs) Because to do like an impression of me, everyone would go, hello, chicken. And that was like their impression (laughs) of me. But um, I was in a sketch group at university and we was like, oh my God, what should we call the sketch group? And my friend was like, we should call it, you're right, chicken. Because every time I walk in the room, I'm like, you're all right, chicken, aren't you, you Joey? So they was like, let's call it, you're all right, chicken, because they used to just find it funny. So then I stopped saying it as much because I got paranoid. (laughs) 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 Well, I do
1: mushroom or champignon, quite often, as a term (laughs) of endearment. So together we could make a casserole. Yeah, we could. (laughs) What was the last one? Champignon. Champignon, which is French for mushroom. You're my little champignon, Joshy. Oh,
2: I, I like that. Yeah,
1: I like Mon that. Petit champignon. That's so good. Together we're a cock van <laughs> Finally, one thing you're not but something that you favour
2: lexically. no ed no is my favourite word. <laughs> I think it sounds great in my accent, knobhead, shut up you knobhead.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's got such
2: potency. Yeah, it it does. Hit
1: me right in the
2: solar plexus there with your knobhead. I love it because like knobhead is good because you can say it to a friend like, oh, you knobhead. Yes. Or if you say it seriously, like you're being a knobhead. Like, it actually works for both.
1: (laughs) Well, Joshy,
2: you've made my day today. Thank you for having me. It's been so lovely speaking to you. I love you,
1: Joshy. Thank you for being here. Thank you
2: for having me.
1: My bonus word, apropos Josh, is the X Factor. Josh certainly has the X Factor as a comedian, but not, it seems, as a singer. He auditioned about 10 years ago, but in the 1920s, any indefinable quantity was given the label X, thus X factors and X-rays, etc, etc. Well, my abdominals need some surcease now after darling Josh Jones, soon to be permanently stellified. If you'd like to hear Greg Jenner talk at length about that word and the language of celebrity, he's in our capacious arsenal. This has been a Monkey Kingdom and Acast production. Until next time,
2: oodles of love.